All right, welcome back to the show. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. This portion of our show brought to you by our friends at Fly Racing. Upload your photos to the Fly Wall now. You can share your photos, your faves, if you will, on the Fly Wall. The Fly Wall is a fun way for Fly Racing fans to share pics of their favorite fly moments in uh, the race pits or along the race courses in your life. Fly Wall, look for it on the menu in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage. Choose Post a Pic, Upload the Pic of you yourself or whatever moment and if approved your photo will appear on that famous fly wall it's simple easy enough to do flyracing.com all right uh, we've been talking about this uh well, more than just this show but perhaps it's been a bit of a focus i've been following a young man on uh, on uh, twitter uh and the various social media platforms that he participates in and uh, he's really out there in other words he's constant the message is clear. The power of positivity is uh, is for real. We t- we talk about it from you know our top racers, the guys that win. What's the difference? You know, you don't go into it with a bad attitude. You go into it with a positive attitude. That's half your race right there. Okay. If you're if your pit crew, your chief, and everybody, the mechanics, everybody's on the same page as far as their attitude goes. Man, you've got yourself a winning mixture right there. Will Weinbach is our uh, our next guest. Will, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for uh, accepting my invitation. I know it comes out of left field because normally it's a motorcycle show, but a lot of our, our, our racers are also riders. In other words, they ride bicycles for fitness, but they also uh, talk to people about the psychology of the game. And I'm talking about every sport, not just tennis in your case. And you don't limit yourself to just tennis. Uh, and, and I've had my time on America's tennis courts. Not pretty, by the way. But uh, you're a ranked tennis player, part of the USTA uh, organization as well, nationally ranked USTA tennis player. And uh, you hang out with some pretty cool people. They get it. Where did it start for you? Yeah, so it started all when I was uh, about 12 years old. We moved from uh, Connecticut to Los Angeles, and um, you know, it's it's a it's quite a you know a change, um, mm. a very different vibe in, in LA than where I was you know where I grew up. And so you know, to kind of start with all the LA culture, I created a YouTube channel called Twin Talk with my twin brother Max. And on the channel, we'd interview athletes and celebrities. So. Um, I was 12 years old at that point. I didn't really have too many connections or anything, so I would cold call uh, publicists and agents, wake up in the morning, um, call people on the East Coast, send emails during the day, you know, school day, everything, um, get home, call people on the West Coast, just to book these interviews. Um, ended up going on the Ryan Seacrest show, interviewing Ryan Seacrest, <laughs> um, interviewing a bunch of different um, athletes, celebrities, influencers, um, building different relationships. And then I'd always been into golf, so created a golf account called On the Green TV, where I posted all golf content, um, interviewing you know the top golfers, so Dustin Johnson, Jordan Speed, Sergio Garcia. Um, I've interviewed them all. Um, partnered with a golf coach named George Gankus to produce original content to teach people how to play golf, um, how to you know improve, provide them value, and then um, started up a tennis account called Cross Court TV. Um, sort of the same basis, posting all tennis content, and um, that's led to uh, some pretty cool places, um, especially in the tennis world, as I was able to commentate on ESPN during the 2017 U.S. Open, um, during the quarterfinals, um, have brand deals with some of the top brands in the world, 
and um, have been able to work with some top athletes to help them grow their social media. And I've been able to create some some different companies off of these different experiences and what I've learned. Isn't it interesting, though, from the beginning to today, your message has remained relatively true, and that is positive. It's, it's like when when I cruise through social media three, four, five times a day, whatever it is, I notice there's a whole lot of negativity. But the ones that stand out to me are the ones with positive messages. This is the good news, if you will, of the day. Was Were you raised that way? Because generally speaking, in the sport of wrestling, for example, another sport I cover, uh, twins are very competitive, but they're also super supportive. Oh, yeah. My brother and I, um, very, very competitive. Um, we love to always try to one-up each other. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, I know that he's going to support what I do, and I definitely support what he does. He's huge in the technology world, and he's killing it. Um, you know, writing articles for some of the top companies. So um, I'm always supporting what he does. And, um, yeah, it was really cool to start with him. And, I mean, like, as you said, positivity is huge for me. You know, I don't find any reason that you should look at the negatives. Like, you only live once, so um, going through your day, like, think positive, you know, um, build off what you have. Don't focus on what you don't have because you create that for yourself. You have created an atmosphere, and PJ, we're going to go to you in a minute, but you've created an atmosphere. Your most recent tweet as of 11 minutes ago did not mention Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, sadly, to your 800,000-plus members of your uh, Twittersphere. Tweet, is it Twittersphere? Twittersphere and Facebook fandom? I, I could not. I could not I, say. I'm on all of it. I don't understand what all the terms are. But it says, this is your most recent tweet as of now 12 minutes ago. I want to connect with as many like-minded people as possible. Here's what you're missing. You ready for it, Will? You I'm change ready. people. You change their attitudes by the, the questions you ask, the points you make. In other words, you turn them into like-minded people. They may not be all the way in the Weinbach camp, okay? But by the time you're done with them, do they want to be around you? They're taking your call. They're answering your tweets and your emails and your direct messages. Uh, but I think that's pretty cool because they don't even know that you've got them. But it's almost like you're fishing and you set that hook and all of a sudden they're part of that nation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, definitely. I mean, like for me, like I always believe that everybody has some value. Um, whether that's something that I can take advantage of now or later on, I don't know. But I also believe that I have a lot of value to provide different people. And I think that when you have that relationship where you can provide value to somebody and they can provide value to you, um, some really cool things happen. So I always like to connect with like-minded people. And especially when I have, you know, 500,000 followers on Twitter, I know that there's definitely people that I haven't had the chance to connect with thus far that I think I would make really good uh, relationship with. So, um, I had to uh, put something out there to just get a, get their attention, you know? You get their attention. And, PJ, this is the part that's cool for me. Uh, as we as we were talking with uh, uh, Kyle Cunningham and Jason DeSalvo, guys that, you know, we respect in the world of racing, the various disciplines, of course, that they uh, compete in. But they all agreed that when you are positive going into an event, a race weekend, uh, it has a uh, an incredible effect on your ability to not only address the line, but make the race yours. Absolutely, and it's what, you know, separates true champions from 
quite frankly, all Sarans, people who can't find that, you know, winning attitude, uh, you're not going to be at the front. Mm. You're, um, I got to believe, how many tennis coaches have you had in your career? Man. Um, so I had one coach when I lived out here in Connecticut, or two coaches, um, John and Todd. And then when I went to LA, um, I just searched around for, you know, for a minute trying to find a coach. But then, um, I found a coach named Gerald Matthews was part of team G tennis and, uh, loved the program there. So I've, I've pretty much stuck with, I'm, I'm a pretty loyal person. So when I find somebody I really connect with, that I really like, and I just like, I feel they understand my tennis game and can take it to the next level. I pretty much stick with them. So, um, you know, I haven't had too many, too many coaches. My coach, my only coach I ever had in tennis is Ed. Uh, Les was uh, it was a good man. Got caught up in some of the dark side of uh, of life, but either way, he uh, he's gone. What he taught me was patience and don't accept what you think is your best. Listen to what the coach says. Work on what he's telling you to you know perhaps a weakness in your game, uh, and I think that travels across sport. Would you agree with that, Will? No, one hundred percent. Yeah. Will Weinbach, our guest. Look for him on social. Go to willweinbach.com as well. You can connect with him. It's a very easy website to get through, but it's also very well put together, very professional. Uh, that's something that's it's key to me to to keep your eyes open. Uh, you're listening to Pit Pass Radio, part of the Evergreen Podcast System uh, across the country, 52 countries now, actually, and uh, on iHeartMedia as well. Well, if you were coaching or at least talking to a group of kids, um, and again, this is cross sport. Okay. So if you're talking to a group of kids, uh, maybe they're sixth or seventh graders, what are you trying to communicate most to them, uh, in your first touch with these guys? When I was in sixth or seventh grade, I think the thing that, you know, confused me the most, like with the information I was receiving was people told me that I just start focusing on one sport to try to become the best at that particular thing. But I'm completely against that. I think that when you're you know, that age, you should try to do as many things as possible. Um, try to figure out, you know, what you love, you know, continue to develop um, in, you know, all different areas. And then um, just focus on what you love to do. Because, again, like, if you're doing what you love, then I think that that means success. And I know that a lot of people are searching for that. So um, if you're that age, my best advice for you would just be to, um, continue doing a lot of things, have fun. Uh, if it becomes work and it's no longer fun for you, then take a break and then come back to it. That's there what it I is. had to do with tennis. That's it. Um, I burned out when I was, I think, 11. So then I didn't play for two or three years after we moved to L.A. That's um, crazy. But, yeah, but now I love it again. And, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's my best advice. <laughs> if if you think about it though, um, the greatest of all time in motorcycle racing, anyway, uh, in dirt biking, was uh, Ricky Carmichael, and he fell out of love the harder his mother made him practice. You know, hit the same corner the same way each and every time, hours upon hours. Ended up hating the sport that he grew up loving, and that's why he did it. And then all of a sudden, it was a business. And uh, perhaps we, as parents, need to take a step back and remember why they got into it, and we encouraged them. As a matter of fact, some of us said, okay, 
You know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go around and do tennis camps. We're going to, you know, put you in tennis tournaments. When I was young, we had something called the Virginia Slims Tennis Tournament. It's a traveling tournament, and they actually had a couple Des Moines, Iowa stops back then uh, where we closed down part of a parking lot at uh, Southridge Mall, for example. And they put it, they paint in tennis courts, bring in the stands. And, and you know, some of the also-rans, not necessarily the top five players in the world would compete. But I do remember that tennis had fallen on what we call a hard time. And then all of a sudden came along somebody named Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs. And it was a battle of the sexes. It was the early 70s. And ABC bit into the apple big time. And they put Billie Jean and Bobby Riggs on television live from Las Vegas, if I recall. And uh, Bobby treated it as a joke. And Billie treated him as a joke and guess what it was billy jean king who came out on top in that uh, rather momentous occasion who do you look up to there's jimmy connors from my youth who married a tremendous uh, tremendous gal in barbie benton uh <laughs> wow she was so pretty and then also and, and talented i might add great mother but uh, uh you know you have guys like that and then you have a guy that like john McEnroe. Okay, who I've been at Madison Square Garden with, dude's a bit of a hothead and opinionated at that. Man, yeah, I look up to um to Roger Federer. Oof. You know, not as uh not as old, but um, I mean, I just think that he's so amazing on and off the court. Yeah, that's so important when you're looking for a role model. Like, um, I haven't had the chance to meet him. Um, for before, real? But um, I mean, I've been in you know the same. You know, same areas as him, um, but you know, I'm not one to go up and like bother somebody because I know how how many people you know approach him and all sure. that. So, you know, when it happens, it happens. But um, yeah, no, he's definitely my role model. Um, gracious on the court, yeah, um, great guy off the court as well, and um, yeah, I really look up to him for those those two reasons. I think that's so important. It's real that way. Super focused and uh, an incredible talent. Mm. Mm. All right, so twin. Are there any other kids? I don't know this. Are there other kids in your family? I have a uh, twin brother. Yep. No, no. I I know about the. There's, there's uh, only two guys, right? You and your brother. Yep. Okay. I just want to make sure you sound like there's other twins. <laughs> I don't know if there's a, I, in wrestling. There's a lot of twins, but. Uh, I don't know about tennis. I guess I've never focused on that. Well, it's good to talk to you. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put you to the test. Are you ready? It's a social media juggernaut. I want you to, if you would, agree to do this, and we'll have you back, especially for the results. Here we go. Ask people to follow me for positive news and positive results from whatever world of sports. It doesn't matter. But have them follow me on Twitter. I'd like to see how that jumps. Your 800,000 strong that follow you and hang on every word are doing so for a reason, because you are an influencer. You are a true blue athlete that gets it. And deep down inside, dude, you are an entrepreneur. I know one when I see one, and baby, I'm looking at you right now. It's, it's <laughs> the best. You. It's the best. we got to have you back on, though, and uh, see if we can't get you. If you're spending any more time in so SoCal, we'll get you a ride out there and uh, get you some uh, professional uh, uh, two-wheel training. How about that? Yeah, you know, I just got my license uh, a couple months back, so – yeah, I like to. You know, I like to go fast. You know, don't tell anyone I said that. But, now, uh, Fela and Wilson won't have any problem with us doing that, will they? 
Yeah, I'm sure sponsors <laughs> love that oh. sort of thing. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us. Again, folks, it's willweinbach.com. Look for his uh, tweets on Twitter as soon as we uh, hang up from him, because i got to believe, at Scott Casper. Okay. Anyway, Will, thank you. Best to your family. You too. God bless you. That's a nice young man doing it right. For all the right reasons, I might add. Will Weinbach has been our guest. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast System. For Tony Wink, PJ Duran, and uh, our in-studio producers, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, our contributors, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson. I'm Scott Casper speaking. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.